You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want Deshaun anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it. Yes, and we're back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Race Sports Rant. Hope that you're all having a great day today. I got to put a disclosure out to everybody right now. We are recording this show a day before it comes out. So if something happens between now and the release, well, deal with it. Unfortunately, my schedule and our boy Griff Borgeron, who's on with us every Tuesday, his schedule just didn't work on Tuesday. We pushed it to Monday. Appreciate y'all. Hope you all enjoyed Monday's broadcast with my boy Adam Armbrike, our newest member of the Dean Blundell Network, kicking off talking about the Toronto Raptors. Hope y'all are good. Uh, I do got some rants I got to get to, but first I want to bring in my boy Griff. Griff, what's happening, man? How are you? It is crappy. It is raining out in Toronto, but you know what? We got we have actual ice hockey to talk about. We have actual games to discuss. It's a good day. Season's only two weeks away. I know it is preseason hockey. We got hockey to talk about. All right. So we had a little bit of a miscommunication in my last recording. So we're running late already today. So Griff will not be doing the whole show with us like he usually does. That's my bad, not his. But if you want to yell at him, yell at him on Twitter at Mr. Griffin B. Griff, the Leafs, they played two games on Saturday. Split squad game. 1-1-4-1-1. Lost 1-4-2. I think that means they won 6-5. That's my thing. It can be everybody else. We know it's preseason. We know it doesn't matter. You pissed all over my parade on Twitter when I was trying to just show you, like, look, I talked about hockey all by myself. I watched two hockey games on Saturday, Griff. Two. Two. I didn't know there was two games on Saturday. When I found out there was another game at seven, I was like, oh my God, I got to watch another one of these. But I'm in preseason form. I'm getting there. I'm starting to figure things out. Can we talk about Willie Nylander? Can we talk about that pass? That was that, I know it's preseason. Was that pass just not disgusting? So that's the thing. That's the thing. You don't, you get those little gems in the preseason. It's those little moments that get you excited. Now, I know you're confused with the split squad games. They're not usually like that where it's like one o'clock and seven o'clock. It's usually both at seven, but like half the squad would be in Ottawa, half the squad's in Toronto. That's how they usually do it. So this was a little weird. Sometimes there are, though, like, hell, there's Calgary playing Vancouver today at like three o'clock Eastern. But all in all, with that pass, whew, that's like one of those signs where it's just like hockey is back. We know hockey's back. It's looking good. Hockey is, oh, it's just, it's like one of those things you see and you're like, damn it, they're reeling me in again. All right, so let, let's start with game one and then we'll go to game two. The good news is we got two games to talk about, not just yeah. one game. Uh, okay, so I assume the keepers from game one mean nothing. Ferguson and, and Calgren, was there any reason I'm watching those guys or are they just, are they just, are they just fillers for these two games? Uh, no, you're watching them for like the break glass in case of emergency moments. So say if one of the guys go down because Shalgren was the third goalie last year for the Leafs. The only game I went to last year actually was the one he started the St. Pat's game against Carolina in March on St. Patrick's Day. 
go figure. But that's like the one thing to watch out for is like, you know how I told you last week, preseason hockey is in the same sense of football where it's kind of like you're looking for those guys to fill the holes. You're kind of looking at those two and being like, okay, which guy's probably going to fill because the other guy's probably going to be the Marley's first goalie because you want to pay attention to for as much as you want to pay attention to Leafs, you kind of want to know the Marley's because at some point you're going to see those guys because for 82 games, you're not going to stay healthy. If you do, good on you. Okay. Do we read anything about Mitch Marner playing in the first game with Tavares and Nylander? Or is that just, is that just Sheldon Keefe, right? Is that him just doing his thing? It's just him being in the lab cooking up experiments. It's just like let the scientists do their experiments. That's that's all it is. Don't don't read into that. If if this was split squad game like two weeks from now when they played Detroit, then yeah, you read a little bit into it. But no, it's it's the first game of the regular season. They run different line combinations in practice, so they want to like experiment. See like, hey, how does this guy look with this guy? How does this guy look with that guy? So the fact that Marner played with Tavares, I think, is something that people should read into a little bit because look. That's a line you're probably going to see this season. And honestly, too, like I said to you before, the Hyman, Tavares, Marner line in 18-19 was some of the best Leaf line I'd seen in recent years. So don't read into it too much, but at the same time, too, keep an eye out on it. Kind of like, you know, don't let it – don't like like store it in the back of your head so that if it does happen, it doesn't freak you out. Well, and that's why I bring it up because we did have this discussion. I want to even say last week or it could have been the week before. No, it was the week before. And that was when you told you, you know, educated me all about Michael Bunting and why you like the Marner Matthews Bunting line. But there were people in the Leafs media that were suggesting, hey, you should split up Matthews and Marner uh, the same way they did it in Ottawa with McDavid and somebody else. We all know I'm not going to know the name, but the way they split them up and kind of made two first lines instead of having a one and a two. So when I sit down and I'm watching that game at one o'clock and I'm like, okay, there's John Tavares, who's a face off machine, by the way. Oh my God. Right. And he's there. And then I see Mitch Marner and I'm like, whoa, right? Like this is just, and then I'm like, is this just the least fucking with everybody? You know what I mean? Like, let's just. Yeah, no, it's just like, they, they're trying the experiment with Bunting, Matthews and Yarncroke right now. I think it's just because Yarncroke's more of a physical forward. He's a bigger guy than Mitch Marner. So that's probably why they're doing that. But if they're relying on Michael Bunting to be a points guy, that's where I proceed with caution. If you are a Leafs fan, but like I said, don't read too much into it, but at the same time too, kind of, Store it for, ironically, a rainy day. Okay, so Alex Steves has two goals, uh, one in the second, one in that his goal. Was it his goal that came off of Nylander's pass or was it Hall's goal? I think it was Nylander, or Steve's goal mm-hmm. that came off of the Nylander disgusting pass, the no-looker. But he scores two goals. Uh, but I did notice that he had the least amount of ice time, only didn't even have 10 minutes, played nine minutes and 11 seconds during that game. Now, to me, this is where I don't understand preseason. And even when I watched hockey, I didn't watch preseason hockey, so I know nothing about preseason hockey. But I'm like, if this is a time, why Why are we not getting, like, Tavares had 17 minutes. Marner, I think, led the team with 19 minutes and 44 seconds. Sorry, Nylander led the team with 19 minutes and 57 seconds. Why is Alex Steves only getting nine minutes when everybody else was getting at least 13 to 14 minutes of ice time? Because you still give your big guys the big amount of ice time at the end of the day. But with Alex Steves, though, it's those things where it's like, hey, you've only played nine minutes. Make those nine minutes count. If you go out there and score two goals, it's going to stick with management. They're going to look at you to say if, hey, we need a call-up because Alex Steves more than likely is probably not going to make the opening night roster, which two weeks away, 16 days away, October 12th, Montreal. But with him, you kind of look at it where, hey, he got two goals for us in this game. Maybe if we need a, another guy to come up, if we need Steve's, we can know if we call on him, 
he's going to produce. Now, I'm not saying he's going to score every game, but you know what I mean, where, hey, look, next man up mentality so that if when your number gets called, go out there and produce. It's, remember, it's the first preseason game, but you got to find ways to stick out in the sport when there's only 23 roster spots. It's not the NFL where we're competing for 53. Okay, so now I want to I want to go to the second game if we can. Yeah. Which was I'm not even gonna say it was the big boys, because again, Marner and Tavares and, and Nylander were playing in, in one, but let's face it, as an Austin Matthews played, Michael Bunting played, that was sort of the big boys, big lineup, whatever. I know it's preseason, I know it means nothing, but I'm in I'm a Toronto broadcaster in Toronto media or alternative media, whatever you want to call us. We need to overreact. We need to sensationalize everything. We need to say that the sun is collapsing on the earth. Anytime anything happens, the Toronto Maple Leafs are winning two, nothing going into the third period. They lose four, two. I think the upside to that is, is, and forgive me, but Petra Zuli was in net, not Petra. Samsonov. Samsonov, Played the first two periods, no goals, one thousand or you know one thousand percent save percentage, only faced sixteen shots. But I think that was that was big for people who were worried about starting goaltending. How freaked out and panicked should Leaf fans be right now after the big boys, you know, gave up four goals in the third period? If if you're panicking over, I saw a TikTok about this. If you <laughs> are making a takes assumptions or bold predictions in late September about what is going to happen this NHL season, please stop it. Samsonov looked fine. He had a solid outing on Saturday night. Keith Petrozelli is like the fifth or sixth guy on this depth chart. It's not like it's going to be Samsonov and Petrozelli in net come opening night. No. The big question is, and hopefully he plays on Wednesday, is, is Matt Murray going to see ice time? Because Matt Murray didn't see any ice time. That's the big question mark. That's the guy that, if you're a Leafs fan, and if he did what Petrozelli did on Saturday night, then you can freak out just a little bit. I'll give the exception there because he is the goaltender where he's making the big bucks and he's got a lot of pressure on him. Did it worry you that Matt Murray didn't play? I mean, you had two games, an opportunity for him to play hockey and Sam Sanoff gets the start in the game two. And I was reading today, he's the expected starter for the next game as well, which I believe is on Wednesday, Tuesday yeah, Wednesday, or Wednesday. Wednesday against Montreal. Does it worry you that Murray's not getting his ice time? No, 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 no. I think that he'll play eventually. I think they're kind of waiting for him to be ready. He's also, I think he's battling a shoulder problem this offseason as well. So I think they're just wanting to want, you want him at 100% before you throw him into a preseason game because God forbid you have a setback and then you're rolling out with Samsonov and Chagrin opening night, which we do know that that opening night in Montreal, Matt Murray is probably going to start, which then leaves Samsonov to start the Leafs home opener against Samsonov's former team, the Washington Capitals, on the 13th. Does that mean anything, who starts on the road and who starts at home? No, it's just kind of the – so the Mike Babcock era was really stupid because he would start game one. He'd go with his better goalie in week two. You go with your weaker goalie. Now you got to play to your right matchups, but I think that if Matt Murray is your number one guy, you go with him opening night. Kind of like last year how um, it was Peter Morazic and Jack Campbell. We knew Jack Campbell was a little bit more of the experienced guy when it came to the starting role. That's why Jack Campbell got the opening night nod. It's the same sort of thing here. I don't think it has anything to do with better or weaker. It's just kind of like, hey, what matchups work best? But at the same time, too, they view Murray as the number one guy right now. Unless Samsonov takes the crease, which that's still my hot take. And I probably am going to write a piece about this because I wrote two excellent pieces on the Leafs yesterday after, well, let's just call it a little bit of a disappointing day to be a football fan. 
Um, but and let's just say that uh, the sports director of the Dean Blundell Network has yet to edit them and put them on the website. But they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. But my hot take has been that Ilya Samsonov will be the Leafs' starting goalie by the end of the season and when they go into the playoffs. Because that's the other thing, too, I want to say. For everyone freaking out, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, guys, they're going to be there. It's just really about, like I said to you last week, 82 games. You can go 81 and 1. It's what you do in those seven after the 82 that I care about the most. Morgan Riley plays 27 minutes of ice time Saturday nights. Yeah. Nobody on the defense comes close to playing 27 minutes. Morgan Riley heads over heels over everybody. Is there a point of playing Morgan Riley that much and giving him that much ice time? I understand you want to give your big boys the ice time, but half a game almost? I mean, is that it's a little much for the first preseason game of the year, is it not? I don't think so because most of the top tier defensemen in the NHL are going to be playing that much on a consistent basis. So I know you were talking that earlier. Oh, why did Matthews play? Not Matthews. Marner played 17, 19 minutes. Tavares played 17. It's because at the same time too, you got to get the guys who are the big dogs conditioned and ready to go because in hockey, it's not like football, you know, where you walk down the field, play, 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 play. You get on the ice, you give it your all for 45 seconds, and you get off, and you got to do that again and again and again. So for Morgan Riley, I think it's more just making sure, hey, not making sure, but you just want to make sure that his condition is up to snuff. So let's talk about Austin Matthews. He had the most ice time, obviously, for all forwards, 21 minutes and 53 seconds. He was on the power play. Um, he did assist on, oh, my God, I can't even pretend to pronounce this guy's name. He scored both the goals for the Leafs. Ka Ka what is it? Cal... Cali, I'm gonna do it for you. Cali, so it's like C A L I, but L L E. Cali, yarn, like a ball of yarn, but it's spelled with a J instead of a Y. Yeah. yeah. Croak. So yarn imagine croak. the word. You got ball of yarn, dead person. Ball okay. of yarn, dead person. That's why. That's why if you ever get a media guide, they actually. I've never seen. I think I've only seen photos of the NHL ones, but I've seen OHL ones. They will spell out the proper pronunciation for teams for the players so that you know how to properly pronounce the person's name. It usually works when you have the European guys with the names are confusing. And there's a lot last name, like how you were saying to butcher it. So now, you know, Callie Yarncroak. And that's, I just want to talk about him for a second because he was brought in here on a four-year contract. They're giving him the keys to the car. They're basically, if they're going to let him run with Matthews and Bunting, I'm completely okay with it. And then you run out a second line of Marner, 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 Tavares, Nylander. That was a tongue twister. But think about that. That's a really solid top six. The battles where everyone should be looking for the Leaf fans are who is the bottom six. Because we know the top six, but it's those bottom six. And if you look at recent years, the bottom six is what truly wins you a Stanley Cup. The Leafs are always trying to figure out, oh, is it this? Oh, is it that? Oh, they're too skilled. Oh, they're too physical. No, you have to have four solid lines where you get the mix of skill and physicality. And we had that talk. Uh, we had that talk last week as well. I also, Wayne Simmons he had an okay game, uh, but I want to, I want to talk about Matthews for a second. And again, I know it's preseason, but I'm in Toronto media. So I need to sensationalize everything. He got an assist on the Cali yarn croak goal. Uh, the there first go. goal, Michael Bunting assists on both, but I'm going to be real with you for a guy who played the most ice time, you know, outside of Morgan Riley was on all the power plays and everything. I didn't really notice him on the ice outside of him diving. And this is where I love Austin Matthews. You're in a preseason game. It's 3-2. Ottawa gets a bounce on an open net, and he throws his body to try to, you know, and all I'm thinking is, okay, Austin, it's preseason, right? Like, no no need to slide across the ice at somebody's skates, but love that. Besides that, though, I found him to be very just, like, I didn't really notice him during the game. Um, concerning just 
first game, get over it, Ray. Stop sensationalizing. What's your What's your thoughts? You know what? It's you don't want to you want to see them throwing the body, but at the same time too, you don't want to see someone doing something to potentially hurt themselves. No, I'm not a certain Boston beat reporter. I think we all know who we are, Ben. Um, but at the same time, too, you want to see him come out and be like, okay, not you don't want to see them not give a shit. You still want to see them give effort because at the end of the day, these are games that people kind of remember where it's like, okay, how are they doing? Because let's face it, we're in Toronto. You're under a microscope. Remember, I don't know if you remember this, but two years ago, Steve Simmons noted kind of a jackass beat reporter for the Toronto, I believe the Toronto Sun, um, found out about Matthews getting COVID when no one else knew, but he found the dirt somehow. And Matthews was pissed about that. It's like the Phil Kessel hot dogs stories from all those years ago with him, Dave Pestchuk, et cetera. The Toronto media will find any little detail and they'll turn it on you. It's kind of like how everyone in the NFL overreacts to what's happened any given Sunday where one Sunday can literally change the opinion from, Oh, this team's a playoff team to, Oh, this team sucks. Oh, this team's a Super Bowl contender. It's the same thing, but only kind of like how the market kind of like how the Miami dolphins are going to win the Super Bowl now. Exactly. It's the same sort of thing, but think about it for not the national media doing as well. That's the other reason why people hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's because they're the epicenter of the hockey universe, which it is true. But at the same time too, people just hate to talk about it, especially considering what good the team has not done in the last 18 years, let alone 55. Yeah, no, that's uh, a good point. Um, I want to go back to the defense now, if I can. I know I'm jumping all over the place here. Are you worried at all with with, with the Leafs defense going into this season? I know that there was some concern around them last year. Um, I know there's some people who have concerns around Morgan Riley who can kind of sell out offensively sometimes and and maybe not get back. Any concern about this defense going into this season? Or, again, are this Leafs team, is this a team that's going to outscore teams and win 6-5? to You're going to get nights where the defense kind of does its job and the goalie does its job and they're going to win like three to one. And then you get the Saturday night games where they win like six to four, which that's a special of mine from last year, folks. I made a lot of money betting the Leafs overs on Saturday nights. I know people are saying, oh, but they scored a lot of goals. But for some reason, they hit a lot of unders during the week. But it's a Saturday night. You'll get those games. Like, I don't know if you're a Leaf fan, but I need you to go back and watch the highlights. They had a game in February last year against the Detroit Red Wings, a team that's kind of was, was mediocre. They're getting better. The game was 10 to 7. They were up 6 to 1 at one point. So you're going to get nights where that happens. You are going to get nights where that happens. But then you're also going to get games, too, where the Leafs, are, Leafs always seem to do this that they lose the teams that they shouldn't lose to. And then they beat the teams that, you know what? Hey, maybe they stole a win here or there. So I'm just here to say that. But at the end of the day, I think the defense. It's the it's, it's the guys like Justin Hall that are still on here that are getting chance after chance after chance that I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Morgan Riley. I'm not worried about Timothy Lilligan. I'm not worried about new father of the team, Mark Giordano. No, no. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about this team being consistently defensively and not doing stupid mistakes that cost them, i.e. Justin Hall's interference on a pick play in Game 7. Okay, so... We are not going to talk before they play their final three preseason games. Uh, the next time we'll talk, well, I guess we'll be... Right? Uh, preseason goes till next weekend, the 8th. Oh, so we will talk next week. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, Oh, sorry. Sorry. September, Ray. Jesus. I was way down the line. Your hockey brain's still forming. You're giving a, you're giving a pass 
Remember, it's fifteen yes. day. It's fifteen days till the regular season starts, but it's sixteen days until the Leafs' regular season starts. They don't play on. The Dude, I game. I didn't even know what the day was today. I thought it was October second. So don't even listen <laughs> to me. Okay, so we're gonna talk. Uh, so we're not gonna talk before. We'll talk next Monday, probably when we're gonna start talking when they start playing. Oh no, we're, we're gonna miss three games. So they got the Habs uh tomorrow or wednesday tomorrow tomorrow it's, it's really tuesday right now right they got yeah, the habs yeah. too tomorrow they got the senators friday they got the habs on monday we'll wrap that up and then tee up the red wings games we're not teeing up are they going to win are they going to do this or do that we know it's preseason and the fucking griff you should have saw he shit all over me on twitter i was trying i, I was just proud that i made analysis you did good was... you did good i was just I'm, it's constructive criticisms <laughs> we're all here to do it you do it to me with my writing i do it to you with your hockey analysis Anyways, what are we looking for? When I'm watching these games, what should I be focused on when they play the Habs, the Sens, and the Habs? Focus on the guys like Alex Steves. Focus on those guys that are getting the chances, the names you may not know yet, but you might need to know come like five, six months from now when guys get hurt or guys need to be inserted into the lineup for various reasons. Look at the guys like that because the big guys, they're going to do what they always do. But also, too, look into the guys like the Alex Kerfoots. I'd say Adam, Adam Goddamn, but he's out with a shoulder injury right now. Like the Obey Kubels. Look at those kind of guys. Because like I said, the top six, you know what they're capable of. Another name, if you really want to be intrigued by it, is Nick Robertson. It's kind of that shit or get off the pot kind of year for him because he was drafted in 2019. So for them, it's really a, hey, are you going to do something for us or are you going to be traded on the next train out? So it's just one of those things, like I say, don't look at the big guys. Look at the little guys. Look at the guys whose names are new to you. And also, too, prospect who was just drafted this year, Fraser Minton. I would say Matthew Nyes, but Nyes obviously went back to the University of Minnesota, but hopefully he joins the Leafs sometime late next season because starting next year, he will be a mainstay on the line. All right, Griff, I know I got to get you out of here, so tell the people where they can find you. You folks already know. If you don't know by now, I don't know what you're doing. Mr. Griffin B on Twitter, Mr. Griff B on Instagram, Griff Sports Talk on TikTok. I got all three. No, I do not make betting videos for the NHL preseason because I'm not that low of a degenerate. If I am, I should be calling 1-800-GAMBLER, but I'm not. But, folks, I have NFL cold streaks going right now. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully by the time we're hearing this, my cold streak is up with tonight's money, with the Monday Night Football game that happened last night with the Cowboys and the Giants. But anyway, folks, we got hockey around the corner. Articles are going to start pumping out. I got to get some team preview pieces done in the next few days. I might even do a little game called Buzzwords where I just basically give the team and then try a little blur about them instead. But you know what, folks? A lot of exciting content, a lot of exciting videos. And like I say, guys, I will be giving you exclusive videos from already confirmed October 22nd. I'll be in Calgary for the Calgary Flames game. And on October 29th, following Saturday, I'll be in Buffalo for the Buffalo Sabres game. Griff, I appreciate it, man. I know I got to get you out of here. Thanks a lot. I will see you next Tuesday. Sounds good. See you next Tuesday. All right. That was Griff Barjuan, who just generously came in to uh, do the show with us today, as he does every Tuesday. I completely screwed him. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, okay. A couple of things that I want to talk about here as I wrap up this show. I'm not going to rip you guys off. I know I had a short show yesterday because of the time delay. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm doing it today. I want to talk about Nike slapping Soccer Canada in the face because it's really pissing me off. So if anybody watched the Canada Qatar, Qatar game uh, Friday, Canada wins 2-0. Jonathan David scores a goal. He runs out and he starts hiding the Nike symbol on the Canadian jersey. I didn't notice it. I was just excited that Canada scored. Well, I saw a tweet on Monday that said the reason that he was covering up the Nike logo was because he was protesting Nike because, get this, 
Nike has 13 countries that they make jerseys for participating in the World Cup. 12 of the 13 countries all got new gear, new World Cup jerseys, as it happens every year. I, you know, I normally cheer for the German national team. That's, you know, my background. And because Canada's never there, but they're there, so I'll be Canadian this year. They got their new stitches and new digs for the World Cup. Funny enough, I'm sitting there last Friday, as I told you guys, I spent a shit ton of money on Team Canada gear, and I'm trying to find the stuff, and they're almost out of jerseys, and I'm like, wow, people are really behind Team Canada. They're, like, buying up all the jerseys. No. It's because Nike did not include Canada for a new kit for the World Cup. The last time... Canada participated in a World Cup finals was in 1986. One month before I was born. I am 36 years old with a 16-year-old daughter. And that was the last time Canada participated in a World Cup. And Nike decides to slap Canada right in the fucking face and not get them new jerseys. Now they go, oh, it's, a, it's an 18-month rollout to design new jerseys. Go, Shut the fuck up. You're Nike. You're telling me you can't figure something out? It's not like the Canadian national jersey has had any drastic changes throughout the years. I mean, I got an old Umbro jersey that looks almost identical to the Team Canada jersey minus the logo, and Nike has nothing to do with the logo. The logo has it was is created by soccer or by Canada Soccer, and I don't like it. I'm pissed off about it. I really am, and I hope that other Canadians, whether you're a soccer fan or not, I think you should be pissed off about it too, because I think it's horseshit. I don't know. Maybe it's a Maybe I'm just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a dick. Maybe I'm just looking into things I shouldn't look into. I don't know. And I want to finish this off. I want to talk to all the tough guys on Twitter, if I can. Uh, next week, I'm going to be hosting Kristen Kimmick. She's already agreed. I don't have a date yet, but she's agreed to come on the show. She's the president of Bill's Mafia Babes. If you don't know what Bill's Mafia Babes are, I came across them on Twitter a little while ago. Bill's Mafia Mafia Babes is a community of female Bill's fans and a 501c3 who thrive on changing lives and focusing on different Buffalo Bill's charities each month. They have 19,000 followers. They travel well. They were out in Miami. I've been following them for a bit. Haven't been able to do any kind of collaborations or anything of that nature with them. And then I saw this tweet today. And Kristen tweeted out, y'all want to know why Bills or why Mafia Babes exist? Because it's been a lifetime of this do better. And she posts four DMs. The first one came from Mike Delilo. Follow him on Twitter at Delilo Mike 22. It's at D E L I L L O M I K E 22. He wrote, Stop crying like a little bitch. You got your ass whooped. Fins up, bitches. Second one came from Moody Todd at Moody M O O D Y underscore or sorry, Toad 
M-O-O-D-Y underscore Toad. Goddamn, I couldn't watch the game because your damn nose was blocking the cameras. Zero followers. At Jerome Alamaz, A-J-E-R-O-M-E-A-L-A-M-A-Z. Just wrote, fuck you. And Trevor the Fins, Trevor and the Fins, at Flavor Ramon, at F-L-A-V-O-R-R-A-M-O-N. And I'm only spelling it out so people can find it. It says, we probably still fuck better looking chicks in your buffalo crack horse. Yep. Yep. Flavor Ramon wrote that. Flavor Ramon. And ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of year when masculine macho men from all over the world who probably never fucking played the game themselves. I did play the fucking game. You probably didn't, Flavor Ramon. Start getting down on female football fans because they're fucking insults and they are insecure and frankly they're punk ass bitches sports is supposed to be the most inclusive place in the world sports are fucking awesome and Kristen and the rest of the mafia babes and any other female sports fan or male sports fan to be real should not have to deal with this type of bullshit in their life. For those of you sending DMs, you're that fucking cowardice. Buffalo crack horse, flavor Ramon, not even flavor, flavor Ramon. I might have to have a go on that with that guy on Twitter. Flavor Ramon. Do better, people. Do fucking better. And that's all she wrote for Ray's Sports Rant today. Thank you, everybody, who's tuning in. Don't forget, check out the Dean Blundell Network, deanblundell.com, tons and tons of sports. Hit that like button, subscribe, all that fun stuff, download the podcast. And uh, that's pretty much all she wrote for today. Appreciate everybody who tuned in live. Appreciate everybody who downloaded the audio. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. If you've got a podcast, you're looking for a place to amplify your place, or you want to start a podcast, whatever it may be, shoot me a message at DPN underscore Ray. I'm recruiting. And uh, that's really all I got to say. Take care. You're all legit, kid. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.